Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Toucan Abroad podcast, where we have conversations with our alumni and professionals in the international education field about their experiences studying abroad and working in this dynamic field. I'm Abiola Bala, the program manager at TEP, and I will be your host for today. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest today, Marina Montgomery. Marina is the program manager for study abroad at Howard University in the Ralph J. Bunch International Affairs Center. Prior to this role, she managed the USAID Donald M. Payne International Development Fellowship Program at Howard University. Marina, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Of course, of course. So we're gonna jump right in. And um, I wanted to ask you if you can share with our listeners um, about the work you do in your position as study abroad manager at Howard. Okay, sure. No, that's great. It's, um, it's, um, I do a little bit of everything, so to speak. Um, Howard's office is in the Ralph J. Bunch International Affairs Center, where we do several things, which include managing fellowship programs for the State Department and USAID. And we also do programming for the campus specifically, but within um, the role that's focused on study abroad, um, it's really just myself. So I do a bit of administrative work that relates to the application process and the billing process um, for the students that go abroad. Um, so I do student advising as well, student outreach, um, marketing, data collection and analysis, um, my favorite thing to do, I think, is programming for students. And so that's programming related to study abroad and the student development piece that goes along with that. Um, just travel abroad in general. Um, information about how to acquire a passport. And as a former English teacher abroad for several years, I also do workshops on teaching English abroad. Um, and Howard works with 11 third-party providers for study abroad, and so a part of my role is to manage those partnerships and continue to um, build upon them, and I share that responsibility with the director of the Bunch Center, Tania Navas. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I totally understand that. My position is pretty much the same except on the receiving end a lot going on all at once that's right <laughs> but we love it right we do no absolutely we do yeah so you recently gave a presentation that was an overview of the pre and post student um, study abroad curriculum that you developed for Howard students um, what were some of the challenges and successes you faced when developing this program especially for students of color Sure. Um, so something that I saw a need for at Howard and I think in the field is um, more on-campus intentionality around preparing students to go abroad, um, supporting them with uh, resources and information so that while they're abroad, they know how to best maximize that experience and then being able to support them when they've come back from having studied abroad with their reassimilation process back on campus. Um, and so workshops that I put together to, to, um, to go along with that, 
that flow include um, for us as a historically black university, moving from the HBCU campus culture to um, what is considered more of a predominantly white institutional campus culture, especially when going on third party provider trips where the um, majority of students are non-black. Um, so we have that workshop and um, looking at blackness from various angles, um, again, as an HBCU, 95% of the students that I work with are students that identify as black. And so looking at being a black woman abroad or being black and queer abroad or a black male abroad, those are all different programs that we, that um, are part of the pre-departure process. And so one of the challenges at times is having enough time to do enough programs that speak to all of the different populations on Howard's campus. Um, I'd like to do one more specific um, that relates to students with different abilities covering, I'd like to do another one that covers um, the use of apps, especially dating apps while abroad. Um, I'm learning some information about how students are um, navigating different challenges that come along with this new era of being connected in this very personal way, but also in isolation because it's just a one-on-one -on -one connection that they're making with people that they don't know through these apps. Um, so that's, that's one of the challenges. Um, I just really enjoyed doing the work. And so again, wanting to have more time to focus on programming alone is a challenge for me specifically. Does that answer the question? Oh, definitely, definitely. You're doing some amazing work there, especially trying to be inclusive of all those different populations within an HBCU because yeah. people might think, well, everyone's, you know, 95% are black, so they're all the same. No. Right, exactly. No, they're no, not. definitely not. And we have black students that are coming from all over the world. So also right. looking at the international student experience on campus here at Howard, but then those that choose to go abroad and how that is a, a conversation that still needs to be had. Um, and then financing the experience once you're there. Uh, yes, there's a lot yes. to cover. <laughs> that's always, you know, and that's a challenge for all students, you know, from every walk of life as well, mm -hmm. especially it can be because we also have a lot of students of color coming on our programs and we know that that can be um, challenging. Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, I think we spend a lot of time as a field working on the scholarships that help them afford the program fees and the flights that get them there but there's less, um, less emphasis on supporting their success from a financial perspective once they're there. And I've just heard from a lot of my students that that was one, um, one challenge that they really had to learn to overcome and they had to learn budgeting skills. And um, so they're resilient and they do it, but it, wow. it's nice from our end as professionals on the campus to be able to give them a more depth in uh, more depth information about what that experience will be so they're not surprised. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so just jumping in, I noticed that there's a hashtag study abroad so black movement. Can yes. you explain a little more about that? Really interesting. 
Absolutely. Um, again, working at Howard, being a black woman, um, being in a position where my sole um, drive for maintaining this role and doing the work that I do is to empower black students to seek international opportunities. The hashtag came about from um, a place of knowing that we as people at Howard or you know, Howard as an institution, myself in this role, can be a bit more audacious um, than perhaps one might be able to be at a school where it's you know, a non-HBCU school. Um, but it also came from conversations and a recognition that there are so few students of color going abroad, so few black students going abroad in comparison to the majority. And so wanting to speak to today's black student, today's Howard student, um, and letting them know that we're kind of, in a sense, claiming, claiming study abroad and owning it as something that is definitely, without a doubt, for us, and that there aren't any barriers that we're unable to overcome that will um, prevent us from accessing it. So that's where the so black comes in. It's, it's, it's just it's so much um, a part of our culture and a part of the institution's culture that we're going to claim it. Um, so it's aspirational, clearly. It's still, I mean, the number of black students abroad from the U.S. is still at only less than 6%, 5.9. So it's, um, it's a call to action. And it's a call to action that started at Howard, but is definitely not limited to being used at Howard. I would love it. To, I would love to see other schools adopting it, other black students adopting it. And I'm seeing that, you know, through Instagram and Twitter, um, that it's, it's starting to catch on. So that's, that's a bit about the movement itself and how and why it was inspired. That's amazing. And now that we know about it, we'll definitely be on board. Please use it. Yes, please use it. That's really inspiring. Um, so in my research on your pre-departure program, I saw that students have to participate in Mindful Travelers workshops. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what do these entail and why are they important? Sure. Um, so this is a series of workshops and they happen each day of the week leading up to the overall pre-departure orientation. And so students are required to attend two out of the five. And if they attend five out of the five, then there's like an extra bonus um, that they get. And so it's the hashtag study abroad so black t-shirt. And the intention behind the workshops are to, is to really prepare students to take full advantage of the experience and to be as aware as possible, as the, uh, aware of the, the experience that's in front of them as much as, as can be. Um, so looking at preparing study abroad takeaways before they leave, if they want to do research, understanding what they need to have in place before they go abroad to do their research, if they'd like to scrapbook, which I'm always a big fan of, knowing how to go about scrapbooking on a budget without having to buy all the supplies that are marketed as being necessary, um, if they'd like to vlog, so video blog, understanding 
what tools they may need um, before they go and just uh, what they'd like to cover, like the content, the content they'd like to focus on. So that's one workshop. Um, budget management uh, is another workshop or um, a workshop that we have for first time travelers abroad. So any student that is going abroad um, either for the first time or studying abroad for the first time. And so we acknowledge that studying is very different than tourism and being a tourist while abroad. So um, just preparing students to look at that difference in the experience more critically. Um, and all of this is done in an effort to ensure that students are collecting the information and going about their experience in a very thoughtful way so that when they come back, they're able to articulate that experience to future employers, future grad school, um, and future grad school applications. Um, when they come back to campus and they're talking about their experience to their peers. Um, so for that, for that purpose, and then also for the purpose of helping them feel empowered while they are abroad, even if they are in the minority, in the ethnic minority, um, helping them feel empowered that they're coming from an HBCU where they've developed a skill set and a, a source of power that will enable them to be their best selves no matter their environment and um, to really take advantage of being um, a representative of the university, but a representative of, of their country and um, just a source of information and inspiration for all those that they encounter while they're abroad, both their domestic peers or their you know, US peers, as well as the international um, folks that they meet when they're in that foreign context. Wow, that's really <laughs> amazing. No, that's really great because these types of programs are needed for students. You know, that, mm. you know, that focus on pre-departure and even on re-entry as well, it's not just the, you know, the experience itself, but it's the preparation mm -hmm. for the experience, you know. And I love what you said about how, you know, tourism is so different from studying abroad because a lot of people don't realize, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a vacation you're coming on, right? Even if it's a short program, two weeks, right? Exactly. It's not a vacation and they should be looking to um, absorb as much information as they can about their majors and about um, how these other countries view the U.S. and their understanding of how they've been taught to view other people who are different from them. And um, really just seizing the moment and maximizing even a two-week experience. Yep. Agreed, 110%. Yes. <laughs> Any final words of advice for faculty or staff developing like study abroad programming, pre-departure, re-entry for their mm -hmm. students, especially if those groups are underrepresented in study abroad? Sure, I think um, one piece of advice that I would like to relay is it's helpful when we as trip leaders or those that are developing programs really work to take into consideration um, the types of students that are going to be participating on the program. And we create curriculum that reflects the students and their interests and who they see themselves as. 
So no matter what location you're going to, um, there's always a way to connect the varying identities of students to the places that they're in. And I've just found that students really gravitate towards and, and feel much more empowered and a part of the foreign environment if they're able to um, be directed to parts of that environment that are similar to who they are and how they see themselves. So that's, I think, one major piece that I think can, we can do better as, as a field. For example, in Europe, just because it's Europe, it doesn't mean that students of color can't be directed to the, um, the minority populations within Europe or to um, art and culture that reflects um, the experience of the student's community, um, but in that foreign context. So if it's like jazz, then connecting jazz in London to the roots of jazz in the U.S. is just a way to bridge that, that, that cultural divide that could be seen as visible just to, to erase it and to connect the students more to it. Um, that's one way, just enhancing the curriculum to take into consideration the varying student identities that will be participating in the program. Yeah, that is excellent advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Marina, for being a part of our podcast today. It was certainly a pleasure chatting with you, and thank you for all the work that you're doing at Howard. It's amazing just listening to what um, you've been doing with programming and such. Uh, Thank you very much for elevating this type of work. Um, I really do appreciate the time and space to be able to talk about it. And yeah. Your work is extremely important because the podcast speaks to today's student, today's listener. Um, podcasts are great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you. And to our listeners out there, thanks so much for tuning in. And I hope you join us for our next episode very soon.